This is Digital Breakthroughs, putting the spotlight on cutting-edge digital marketing strategies for your business. With your host, CEO of industry-recognized digital marketing and social media agency, National Positions, Bernard May. Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Breakthrough podcast. Today, I'm especially excited because we're going to be talking about one of the most fascinating growth areas in digital marketing, and that's chatbots. I feel very fortunate to have not one guest today, but two on the show. And I'd like to welcome Matt Sweeting and Scott Silver. They're both product specialists from SharpSpring. SharpSpring is one of the fastest growing marketing technology companies out there. They offer marketing automation, retargeting software, and chatbot technology, which of course is the subject of today's podcast. Matt and Scott, welcome to the show. It's great to have you both joining us. Thanks. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, very happy to be here today. Great. Uh, well, you know, we're talking about chatbots, but I know a lot of our listeners are going to ask, you know, what are chatbots and, and how they use? So maybe I can start off with that one. Right. So the chatbot functionality is, I think, really interesting because it is a reflection of a lot of the features uh, that platforms like SharpString really provide to their user base. For example, uh, you know, Scott has a, a thing where he talks about chatbots being the most progressive demonstration of lead collection or, or what you think of as a form because it can, really, uh, it can really react to what people are inputting. And so I, to me, it's just another way for people to have a, a proactive menu option to really drive what their in, where their interests lie. Yeah, and like you, you mentioned uh, forms there, and, and I think that's a good way as well to think about chatbots is it's really a dynamic form both you know, from the user's perspective. So if you're interacting with a chatbot as you're feeding it information, it's going to be able to change how it responds to you, what sort of information it's providing, or opportunities for you to provide even more information to help you kind of meet the marketing process in the middle. So you're you're really using it to kind of take some of the things that you're already using. So that segmentation and nurturing and form submissions and really kind of front load it. So it all happens really at the very beginning of the process. SharpString is a marketing automation platform that is really powered by engagement. So one of the big paradigm shifts, uh, obviously in marketing in the last 10 years, especially in the digital ages, is allowing leads and just individuals to drive the narrative. And I think that uh, really this is kind of the evolution of that because it's taking the, instead of just relying on on-site navigation, utilizing the nav bar to find the different aspects or pieces of information that you want, you're really kind of catering directly to those interests. And so that's kind of why it fits so nicely, especially into our feature suite. So this is uh, very interesting. And, um, you know, maybe for the listeners, uh, a lot of people look at, chatbots as being kind of this automated live chat. So everyone's, I think everyone's familiar with live chat. You come onto a website, you uh, interact with the website by asking questions and some human comes on board and they start responding to you, your questions. How do chatbots compare to live chat and why should someone, you know, choose one over the other or do they work together? Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm personally of the opinion that, you know, 
we're not at that point yet in terms of technology and sophistication where you're really ever going to be able to, you know, fool people into thinking or, or even having that fully human experience with a chatbot. So with that in mind, you know, they should be identified as being some sort of AI that's, you know, supplementing the process. Now, the, the benefit with that as well is that it should have a companion live chat uh, piece to it whenever possible. So that idea where, you know, people don't always necessarily need to be talking to that human right away, but being able to use the logic that you're using in terms of setting up the workflows for those chatbots so that you can appropriately segment it to the right individuals who are there ready to field any actual questions in real time. So yeah, to kind of sum up, um, they definitely don't replace live chat, but they can be used to kind of front load the process of, of identifying and segmenting so that when it does get to live chat, that person who's actually interacting on the other end of the live chat has a little bit of information up front. They know everything that they need to know to be really efficient as possible so that you can focus more on the human aspects of that communication. And okay, so, also so that, maybe, yeah, oh, sorry. You got it. Now, I, I just wanted to uh, say that there's this analogy uh, for a lot of for a lot of our listeners, they they all know about using telephone trees and automated telephone systems. So if we go back to the 1990s, uh, there was a question about would anyone ever like interacting with a telephone system where it's all automated and you've got to dial one, you've got to dial two, and then of course you get eventually get to the operator. Well, here we've got something that's very similar. We're uh, taking someone onto a website, people have questions. Now you've got this chat bot and it can answer a lot of questions. And so what you're saying is we're not going to, uh, we're not going to replace the dial zero to get to operator. You still need an operator. We still need a human at the other end. Is that a, is that a decent analogy that I brought up? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the benefits of chatbots. So obviously we've all probably been in that scenario where you get stuck in the phone tree um, you know, and you kind of end up pushing all those buttons that take you right back to where you started and you end up frustrated. One of the benefits of chatbots as well is that uh, since the information is kind of a little bit visual as well, there's a visual component, you're not waiting necessarily, uh, you're not as siphoned into specific options. So a, a big kind of concept with chatbots and really any kind of process as an automated process are escape routes back to the beginning of the process, getting you know, being able to kind of change course and letting the users identify when they need to change course. So a lot of this kind of gets into some of the best practices when you're creating a chatbot and making sure that you're not kind of creating too many dead ends, that you're always giving those abilities to, you know, uh, route to live chat, like you said, always providing that as one of the options that can be clicked in the chatbot, as well as providing options for people to kind of back up if they, if they feel that they've kind of pursued an incorrect path for them. I just wanted to Great. pick up on that a little bit, if you, if you don't mind. You know, the other thing, too, is, and this might, uh, hopefully, this all translates. It's a little bit predicated on uh, some of the things that our platform runs on. But you can diversify the chatbot experience based on different data that you've collected on people. So, for example, with our application, a lot of it's predicated on uh, a tracking script, right? When you do... May, when you do create conversion events and we can tie 
on-site activity to a specific device, locking it into a, a, an active record that updates, you can provide different options by this kind of growing reservoir information. So when people come back, their chat experience will naturally update and get more interesting or more tailored to them, which is kind of, again, the evolution of how our application really works. So, so that's really interesting. So you're saying we're collecting all this data so we can provide these personalized experiences for people. Maybe you can give some examples of like, well, what does a personalized experience look like? And sure. how does this AI work? I mean, you know, people are kind of worried about, you know, the big brother. So there's yeah. one side, hey, we're collecting all this data, but data can really help you as well to get like yeah. what you need when you go to a website, I assume. Absolutely. And it's, you know, and, and to be to be fair, this isn't artificial intelligence. This is just... Uh, a really a, a cause and effect or if then type of scenario. And really what we're doing is, again, collecting information, updating those individual data sets, and then you can gate on the front side <clears throat> what kind of options that you're providing people. So just as an example, you can have a, a bot scenario or a bot strategy that launches for anonymous visitors, people that have no record on their browser of interacting with you you know, the, your database, right? And so that would be a very generic, um, you know, very kind of, you know, open-ended approach uh, that would facilitate generalized information, uh, obviously some lead data collection uh, and things of this nature. But you could also have it if, let's say, and this is just one example, and, and one of the things that I really like about the way that our chatbot was facilitated is that you can tap into any of the data points really that you've collected on people uh, you just need to understand how to format them but any kind of field information that you have can dictate what kind of options they have but just as a generic example you can have that anonymous scenario that i was just kind of outlining but then let's say that if someone was active inside of your sales pipeline your active relationship uh, which is one aspect of our platform you could have a totally unique experience via the chat for those individuals because it would take that denotion on their device and then launch different options for them to explore. Yeah, and just to kind of add to that, so just to kind of break down, like you were saying, a couple of those options. So you have when you're setting up the chat bot, just to list a few, you can have different chat bots for different pages on your website. You can also mm -hmm. exclude pages. So for example, you know, if you're selling um, one product or another product, you can say, okay, if they go to this product page, I'm going to have this chat bot set up and it's going to ask all the questions that are specific to this product so that we can basically provide them with, you know, the best experience, the best kind of dynamic feedback that they want. Additionally, like Matt was saying, you can also base specific chat bots off of things like custom field values. So if you have, you know, a custom field value that says something like, you know, what's your favorite animal, a cat or a dog? Uh, and they, you know, someone specifies dog, someone specifies cat, you can have entirely different kind of conversational flows that are specific to that person. And like I said, it's not, it's not designed to kind of fool them into thinking that, you know, that you know more than you need to know, or that, you know, it's a system that's AI fully and learning, but it's designed to basically create more efficiency. So you don't have to spend as much time re-identifying yourself. And that's another kind of point about how you can set these up. Uh, the, the biggest benefit kind of at a high level with chatbots specifically with uh, SharpSpring is that everything is connected to both the contact manage base 
and also the automation engine. So the chatbot's able to pull information from their lead record. So you can use things like merge variables. You can kind of identify them, call them by name when they return to the site. And then based on the interactions that they have in the chatbot, you can do things like provide them with links. Uh, if you have something like a support system, so tech support, any kind of support cases, you can basically say, you know, what information are you looking for? And then they can identify, you know, oh, maybe I need some help with um, maybe HTML coding. And then you can kind of front load it by providing them documentation dynamically. So a lot you can do kind of based on all the information that you're getting from them to kind of make the process easier on both sides. So this is so fascinating. I mean, the first, I wanted to use one of the examples that you brought up. Um, let's just say I'm a veterinarian and I have someone coming to my website. I know through my database, this person owns a dog. And so I can, I can then serve up, you're saying I can serve up information all about, you know, helpful information about the, their, their dog or, or something to, to uh, you know, that, that is related to that particular person's need. Uh, as opposed to someone else that's coming along and they've got a cat. I mean, we're taking a very simple example, but yep. obviously it could be a lot more um, detailed. What is the ideal? So, so um, what could we provide? Like what, what could, what could the bot do? Uh, and I know I've taken a very simplistic situation. But I think a lot of the uh, people who listen to our podcast are small business owners and they have this scenario. So what could that podcast I mean, so what could that, sorry, what could that, uh, that uh, chatbot do for them? I understand that you could direct them to something like FAQs. Is there, is there anything else that it can do before a human yeah. gets involved? Yeah, for sure. Like as Scott was mentioning, um, and this would be a little bit dependent on you having a grasp of what our platform does specifically, uh, but just the way that it's built into our infrastructure, it can trigger any kind of automation. So that's going to be, you know, external communication. So responding to them with emails, uh, that's internal communication, alerting uh, people are updating internal users, uh, updating uh, and changing contact records. Uh, it's just going to allow you to uh, create internal objectives or ongoing opportunities. Again, a lot of these are, uh, you know, proprietary functions. But again, you can trigger a lot of the strategy in an ongoing way to, again, uh, really capitalize on engagement and what people are looking to do, uh, what they're interested in. And ultimately, that's kind of the driver here is that we want to capitalize on what people are interested in. And, and Chatbot is a really productive way to do that because people can come to it on their own time uh, as opposed to having to kind of acquiesce to what your availability is. Yeah, to kind of play off of uh, another example, I know you mentioned that kind of veterinary example. So just as an example of what a full workflow might look like is you have somebody return to your website, uh, you're able to identify them in our case via the tracking cookie that they have associated with them. And then, you know, you can tell, for example, if they have a dog or a cat and it says, you know, hello. And then what you could also do is maybe they have some sort of appointment scheduled for a future date and you have that date saved in a custom field associated with their lead record. So you can have the chatbot like right out the gate, basically say, you know, hello, hope your dog. And then using merge variables, so the ability to basically take custom field values and inject them dynamically into the conversation. You can say, you know, I hope your dog and then your dog's name is doing well. Just as a reminder, you have an appointment and then have it provide the date of that appointment. And then even beyond that, you know, after the appointment, they come back, 
you could even have the chat bot provide them with an option saying, you know, send me some information on my last appointment. So if you wanted to send out kind of a post-op email for that, you can have the email loaded up and then you can basically create triggers within the chat bot where they can say, yes, please send me an email. Um, this is all without having to call, talk to anybody, and it'll dynamically be able to identify who they are, be able to populate that email with information specific to them and send it all directly out of the chatbot experience. So what you're saying is that if you combine a chatbot with marketing automation uh, versus running a chatbot by itself, I mean, there are a lot of systems out there that just have chatbots that are specific to a particular area, or maybe they work for uh, work only on Facebook or Instagram, that having marketing automation can add a whole lot of extra value to it. And what I'm hearing is, um, you know, it, it might actually seem a little spooky to, to the end user, uh, having, you know, someone say, you know, hi, Matt, or hi, Scott, welcome back, uh, or, you know, your dog spot <laughs> has an appointment coming up, but that is really powerful. What are some of the other things that marketing automation uh, can do? I know you've mentioned a few, but are there any other areas that you know, might be of interest that the combination of a marketing automation system and a chatbot system can help uh, you know, improve the, the overall user experience? I mean, it is a little bit limitless. You know, I mean, we've touched on a few uh, examples here, but it's really just predicated on what you're what your goals are, you know, like, again, the idea of marketing automation is to be able to help facilitate that kind of end to end experience, whether it's, you know, identification, initial identification all the way through customer conversion, or just a main maintenance of a, a healthy relationship. So if it's the first time that you've come in, you know, if we're talking about uh, animal services, it's the first time you've brought uh, your dog in, then there'll be a checklist of things that you'll need to provide in order for the meeting to go well. If you're coming back for your annual, then it's just like a, a nice, again, colloquial uh, acknowledgement that obviously you are an ongoing customer. And we just wanted to let you know probably about some things that were happening. You could even flesh it out to the point where, you know, you could you know, tie it to different, you know, times in the year. Like, so if they needed, you know, I don't I mean, again, it depends on how elaborate you want to get. If you want to incorporate things like you know, heartworm medicine for an animal or food or whatever, you know, again, you can really make it a, you know, a proactive system instead of just having a sign-up sheet, right? So I think that that's really the advantage here. I mean, there's definitely an advantage for things like B2C. Obviously, chatbots, you know, you do have an individual on the other end, Um Specifically, you know, I see a lot of success with businesses that have kind of siloed areas and kind of like I was saying, for example, tech support um, is a really great use case for that because, for example, our support team that we have uh, has specialists. So everyone's kind of an expert in their own field. Um, so we try to direct people for the most efficiency possible. So anytime, you know, that you might have different departments, uh, departmental businesses are, are really big proponents of chatbots because, it allows you to segment them and push them towards the correct department as needed. Now, I wouldn't say that there's honestly any company or business that can't benefit from a chatbot because, like I said, so much of it is just kind of front-loading that process of getting information, not, not to just have the information. It's a two-way street now. So one of the kind of shifts in marketing in general is just that idea where you're trying to just push out information 
and hope that it lands in the right place. Um, and really what chatbots and in, in, in a kind of similar way forms do is they allow the actual individual on the other end to identify themselves in exchange for a more efficient process, in exchange for, you know, content that you would consider valuable as well. So if you have things like, you know, files or, or eBooks or any kind of content that you spend time on, you're basically exchanging that piece of content for the information, but it's really, you know, it's a symbiotic relationship at that point. So really any company that, that has something to offer in terms of content or, you know, desires to be able to segment the inbound leads uh, so that they can basically, you know, cut out that whole process of having to talk to them and figure out who they need to, who they need to speak to and having a transfer and all that, all that kind of not fun stuff. So, that, that's really fascinating. So a lot of our, our, our uh, listeners do have content and they do have forms today that, you know, exist on their website. I think a lot of people having problems converting visitors into people who sign up and give their, you know, their private information away, their email address, their names, their company information, telephone number, that kind of thing. Do you think that chatbots are going to improve that conversion rate? Are you seeing anything like that? Um, I've even heard people saying, let's get rid of forms and just stick with chatbots because it improves conversion. I mean, I think that, you know, accessibility is the name of the game here, right? So the, the, the beauty of the chatbot is that, uh, again, you can have it be just a subtle extension of your online content. And that Scott mentioned earlier that you can have the chatbot on specific pages, like a form would be. You can also have the chatbot be pervasive. And if people want to uh, take a deeper dive from any point, they, the chatbot can launch and, and also be minimized, right? It's not something that you were forced to deal with. It doesn't have to be as invasive as that. And that's why I think uh, in terms of a higher conversion rate, uh, I think that it's just that availability and, and the fact that you can tailor it in such a way that you can really speak to people and provide them with things that they're a little bit more responsive to. I mean, that's kind of, a, I think, an overall theme of our entire platform. Now, uh, I think there will always be a place for forms because with forms, there's a lot of, of functionality that's attached to them outside of just data collection. But again, you know, imagine if you had a form that just followed you around anywhere that you went to and could be minimized or reopened at your whim. I think that's really the difference. Yeah, and just to add to that uh, specific statistic that we got from our own internal BI team uh, is that all of our companies that we assist using chatbots have generated an extra 19% more leads from those chats than, than the actual agencies who are not currently using chatbots. So there's definitely some data to back up the effectiveness of the chatbots. Well, that's, that's really huge. Uh, I think uh, that, that alone is an incentive for everyone listening to consider a chatbot. I was wondering, you know, looking into the future, I know that some of the chatbots are trying to use natural language right now. And I was wondering if you feel that, you know, where are we in that evolution? Can people just start speaking to a chatbot like they would a human? Or do you think we're, we're years away from that kind of environment? I definitely wouldn't say years away. Uh, I think at this point, uh, I feel like everything is incremental. Um, I think that, again, you know, just echoing on a theme that we touched on earlier, 
uh, at least our chatbot at this time isn't really intended to replace uh, a live interaction. It's just meant to, again, provide a connector for people to, to move at their own pace. Uh, I think I think the point was brought up earlier that you should always have both options. So if people wanted to interact with a live person, you have that option because that allows you to truly diversify in any direction. Obviously, with the chatbot, especially the way that we formatted it, there are uh, finite outcomes. It's not uh, a universally responsive feature. Uh, and in the in the same way that a, a live or a you know a human interaction would afford you, uh, but I think again just you know having it reflect your messaging I think is a really a great rule of thumb to start with. Yeah, and I also I mean just coming coming from my perspective here as a human, uh, I don't think that humans necessarily want to be fooled by chatbots. I don't think that, you know, the people creating the chatbots want to, we're always going to kind of want to know, you know, there's a difference there between that human interaction. So I'm all for, you know, making the the language and kind of the conversational flow more colloquial um, when best possible, but with always with the understanding that you, you do need to rein it in a little bit, kind of stick to some rails in terms of how you're communicating you know, don't try to get necessarily too conversational to the point where it's actually impeding the functionality of that chatbot. That was also very interesting. You brought up a, a great point there. So it is tempting with the technology to say, you know what, this chatbot works so well. Why didn't I just put one of my employees, uh, you know, pictures uh, out there on the chatbot and just say, hey, it's a, uh, you know, it's 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 Matt who's uh, you know who's running this, and and of course Matt works twenty four seven, and he is uh, you know never complains. Do you so you you're saying don't do that, don't don't uh, personalize it or try and fake people into thinking that the chatbot's really a human. I think that's a slippery slope. You know, uh, again, I think you can tailor it. You can have it be you know representative of how your company communicates and the messaging that you put out. So if your company is fairly whimsical or a little bit lighthearted, obviously the content that you generate would be reflective of that. Now a chatbot would be an extension of that, but again, yeah, you don't want to force something that doesn't come naturally and you have to consider the medium, right? Again, nothing will ever replace, uh, I think a live interaction, especially in terms of a sense of humor. But, you know, I think that you you can incorporate your own voice in it. Again, I think that some of the, the warnings would serve you well that we'll just touch on. That's, that's great advice. So if you've got a very lighthearted uh, brand positioning, you can joke with people. And uh, if you're very serious, you know, say like some kind of ERP system or something like that, you could be... Uh, you know, very corporate uh, and have your chatbot speak the way that, you know, humans would speak. Um, I know we're running out of time and uh, you've been amazingly generous, uh, both of you, to come on the podcast today. Um, our listeners all love to hear about, you know, where you get information from, what kind of blogs you listen to, what kind of resources that you uh, use on the web. Any recommendations, any areas that you go to or, or maybe where they can find out more information about uh, how to set up a chatbot? 
Yeah, so there's a couple options. There's um, the classic novel do chatbot stream of electric sheep. Um, <laughs> there's a, a not there's a real one. <laughs> there's a visual representation with uh, Harrison Ford. It's so very compelling. Although I'm a little <laughs> bit partial to Rutger Hauer, but we'll see. But uh, yeah, no, I spend a lot of time on on different blogs. Um, you know, I I like looking at uh, Neil Patel's blog. If you are familiar with him, he's kind of all over the place when it comes to marketing strategies. He has some great uh, blog posts about, you know, some of the best practices for implementing chatbots. Uh, we do have our own blog that we post on the uh, SharpSpring site. So there's always some information there. And then, um, you know, there's a lot of good message boards out there, Facebook groups. I, I spend a lot of time on Reddit. Uh, they have their own, you know, subreddits for things like marketing automation, where you can always find threads if you're looking for something a little bit more conversational. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, you know, it's a, it's a hot topic in terms of conversation. So there's a lot of content to find out there. Well, Matt and Scott, thank you so much, you know, for being on the show. If any of our listeners wanted to get hold of you, how could they do that? Um, you can find us on the web at justsharpstring.com. Uh, feel free to uh, explore there. Uh, you will interact with a chatbot that Scott and I kind of help vet out a little bit. We also run uh, a webinar series. Uh, if you do end up becoming a little more interested uh, in Sharpstring and in marketing automation, we have uh, a lot of content in a library uh, that you can access. Just feel free to uh, reach out to us. You can contact us at specialist at sharpstring.com. Uh, that is uh, a, a mailbox that we both reference. Well, Matt Sweeting and Scott Silver, thank you so much for your time today and all the wisdom that you've provided uh, to our listeners. We really appreciate the time. And I am really, really uh, excited and enthusiastic about all the ideas and all the great uh, insights that you provided to our listeners. Thanks again for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure. You've been listening to Digital Breakthroughs, featuring experts in all the areas of cutting-edge digital marketing. Digital Breakthroughs is hosted by Bernard May, CEO of leading social media and digital marketing agency, National Positions. Located online at nationalpositions.com.